Hey there, our sport community. It's Kit Harvey here, back with another edition of Our Conversations. This episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with AFLW young gun, Nell Morris-Dalton of the Western Bulldogs. Nell's passion for footy and drive to get the best out of herself were immediately apparent. She possesses wisdom beyond her years. I was curious about her lived experience of working full-time while training and playing sport at the elite level, particularly given that's not all she gets up to. When she's not honing her forward craft at Witten Oval, Nell's been developing Validation, a clothing label and joint venture with close friend Jordan. And if that's not quite enough for you, Nell is also committed to doing her part to combat climate change, joining forces with the crew at AFL Players for Climate Action. There's plenty to feast on over the next 40 minutes, so let's get stuck in. Morris Dalton. It rolls off the tongue, that's for sure. It does, it does. I'm glad my, my parents actually did a good job and I'm very glad my mum didn't change her name for a man, so I'm, I'm winning in two areas there. What are the go-to nicknames for you, Nell? Oh, randomly at my footy club, I've been nicknamed um, Fish, Nelly Fish, because um, our captain, Ellie Blackburn, is a massive Neighbours fan. And there apparently is a character called Nellie Fish and she started calling me it and then everyone, no one even knows why they call me it now, but it's just my name randomly. Well, that's how the great nicknames start. They don't necessarily have a cohesive origin story for everyone. Yeah, exactly. I've been called all sorts of stuff over the years. I just happen to have one of the more nicknameable names going around being Kit. So just everything to do with cats. Oh God, it's <laughs> Kit Cat. All that. Kitten, Kit Cat, Kitty, <laughs> Kiddo. I actually like Kiddo. Kiddo is one that uh, has come along pretty recently with the R-Sport Futsal Club guys. Yeah. And I embrace it. I find even if it's not necessarily a nickname that you want, it's one that you're probably going to have to live with. I think there's always some pride in getting a nickname. I remember always thinking, oh, I wish I could get a nickname because my name is Nell. It's so short. You can't give it anything. And now I have one. I'm like, feels pretty good. <laughs> I reckon it sounds good too. Nell Morris Dalton, thanks so much for joining us on our conversations and for coming in, Western Bulldogs forward, fresh off the back of a 10-touch, one-goal performance against the Adelaide Crows, a one-point win for the Dogs. Yeah, and I was very close, very stressful. It's exciting. And have you noticed that, I mean, the score, the score lines have been going up and up and up. This year in particular, there have been some really high scores kicked in the AFLW. You contributed a, a lovely snag to that off the pack. Just just read it off hands and it's ran into a goal. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. It's put it straight through the big sticks. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, the scores have been getting bigger. I think it's just like credit to just the skill development that we've had over the past few years and like particularly with the younger girls coming in who have been playing for a longer time and then learning off the older, um, more mature players has been massive. And yeah, the skills have just gone through the roof and the game style, the way it's changed and developed is so good. From an outsider's perspective, I grew up playing a little bit of junior footy. I played some uh, footy with the Calder Cannons in the Tac Cup just in the 16s and then decided kind of oh, maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe I didn't quite make the cut. You choose the story. <laughs> uh, but from an outsider's perspective, you're living my dream and living the dream. Is it is that what the day-to-day reality is? Are you living your dream playing AFLW for the Bulldogs? Yeah, I love being in the Western Bulldogs. It's such a fun um, experience and just like to be part of um, – such an, I feel like as a woman to be part of such a forefront movement, um, being the AFLW and like setting an example for the younger girls coming up now who actually have people to aspire to. I think that's probably the most special part and like the biggest dream bit of it for me. Cause I remember when I was younger, like you obviously have no one to look up to and you don't really, I just had no motivation to even play footy because of that. Um, but I think that's the most special part about it. And just like working so closely with 
such incredible women at the Bulldogs and all striving to achieve greatness and like trying to help each other do that. I think that's the most special part, definitely. It's so wonderful. Tell me a little bit about the process of getting drafted. You were drafted in 2019 at pick six, a very high draft pick, I might say. Mm. Uh, but also kind of a strange time to be drafted into the football world given the coronavirus pandemic kind of was only just around the corner. Mm. You did make a debut in 2020 and put together you know, a handful of games in 2021 as well. But how was the stop-start nature of that in terms of getting a feel for the club, uh, getting to know everyone. Because, of course, we were in and out of lockdowns during some of the real formative parts of your career. Yeah, definitely. It was really tough. I, I got drafted and it wasn't until one of the back last games of the home and away season that COVID came around. But before that, I hadn't been playing. So I think when you're a non-selected player, it's pretty easy to already be disconnected from the team and kind of like as a new draft pick as well, coming into the space and then not getting a game. You know, I was like, kind of, uh, oh, I hate this, you know, all that kind of attitude, but that's that comes with being drafted. And I think then um, COVID hit and all of a sudden I played one game and then straight after that our season got cancelled and then we weren't in at the club for months after. So it was definitely a weird intro. And I think like each season um, it always gets better because, you know, your links, you create stronger bonds and everything. But, yeah, the stop-start nature and just kind of like the uncertainty, obviously, because we're part-time athletes, it makes it really hard to do things like the men did with the hub. So just kind of so much uncertainty with the way our competition was going to go. And in terms of integrity, it was like pretty difficult. Um, But I think finally we're at a place like now that we're able to live with COVID, you can pretty comfortably say, like, I guess, see the future that our competition will just keep carrying on, which is a big relief. And hopefully that lack of continuity really is a thing of the past, Mm. Um, you know, pending all sorts of things. (laughs) Who knows where we're at, but it does sound like we're fairly comfortably living with COVID and, you know, the AFLW season is progressing more or less as usual as it has been, regardless of how you feel about the the structure of the competition and that kind of thing. I think we've got a long way to go in terms of prioritizing women's footy um, and playing it not in 35 degrees. I'm saying this as, as my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people feel the same way, but I think playing full length seasons not in the height of summer makes the absolute most sense um, and it's I'm stoked as a spectator to be able to watch AFLW as as normal again after such an interrupted time. Yeah, it's been so good. In terms of those interruptions and that lack of continuity, you get picked up in 2019 with pick six. You play one game in 2020. How was developing relationships at Witten Oval during that time? Like, Was that just almost impossible to do or did you kind of get a few phone numbers, meet up with some some players when you could for coffees or what did that actually look like? Um, yeah, I think once we all left the club, um, everyone, we kind of like, there's always a few people who live in the area around you. So I think people just kind of banded together with the people that live locally and did a few training sessions there. Um, but in saying that, like coming out of such an intense environment and being part of it for a few months, like you do kind of feel like you need your own time. So I think it, in many ways it was good in that sense that I was able to kind of like take a step back and reflect on the season that I had, which wasn't very good and just kind of like mature in that sense. And it was a bit of a wake up call for me. So my time away from the club, I was able to get really fit and like work on my running and come back and um, use that as my strength, which wasn't previously. So I think as, as hard as it was, I actually gained quite a lot from it. And I was able to work with um, like Brooke Lachlan and Bailey Hunt and they're really good mentors and they, everyone just wants to help you develop and grow. So I think it was actually good in some ways. That's, I love the positive spin. And yeah, how much of that extra fitness work, given, as you mentioned, you're a part-time athlete, 
Um, how much of that work in your own time, how crucial is it in terms of fitness work outside the club, skill work outside the club? How do you go about that? Do you get together with a few other players or do you mainly target that kind of stuff solo by yourself? Uh, yeah, I think it just depends on like what I'm doing at that time like if, um, and like if I'm working and whatnot. Um, I try my hardest to get together with players, but sometimes like because I'm a nurse, I'm doing like heaps of placement hours. Like you just have to squeeze it in where you can, whether it be like before or after. Um, work and placement and so I ended up doing a lot of it on my own and it, it is so important like you can like you will never get away with coming back to an AFL club if you have not done your running they will just be like who is this person so like I think it's almost like a guilt thing for me now like I can't not run otherwise I just sit there like all like wow what am I doing so I have to go out and do it now and, I, and I'm also really lucky and my older brother um comes out with me and he's so tall his legs are so long so I end up like running so much faster to try to catch up so that's always a good strength he's almost your secret weapon yeah. to getting as, as fit as humanly possible yeah, yeah exactly. how much of that work outside the club given there is so much of it involved with being an aflw pro uh, player and part of that program at this stage how much of that is guided like are you getting uh training sessions from coaches that are recommended or are you kind of allowed a little bit of flexibility to do your own thing um yeah even though our contract is like we're technically part-time athletes um, this is like another um issue with that is like we end up being contracted pretty much the full year because in our time away from the club, like we're always we have to be in contact with the club and like we have um strength and uh fitness coaches who send out we always have a personalized program like all year round. Um and we can't really go do our own running. I've been caught out many times um going for my own long runs and coming back with like a little niggle and they're just like, Why did you do that? I'm like oh. Uh, long, oh, like I always go for like a six or you know, six to eight k run, and I come back, and they're like, "What do you?" It's all like ath track, you know, up back, fart leg running. It's not as engaging. Um, but yeah, we we have um use and contact with the club the whole time that we're we're away from it, and a lot of people we go back into the club the whole off season as well. well that's it's uh, interesting to hear that. It's, I guess it is ultimately a good thing that it's it's guided, and mm-hmm. but they can't stop you from going for your six yeah. to eights. <laughs> I think I would probably be the same, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> some freedom in my fitness, you know. I really want to ask you about uh, making your debut in 2020. Take me through that experience and what that was like actually pulling on the jersey and running out with the Western Bulldogs. What was that actually like? Yeah, my debut was actually really strange because that was like the first week of like everyone freaking out about COVID. So it like in the lead up I was like yeah this is gonna be so exciting and then like two days before it was like there'll be no fans or like no crowd so like no one could come and then that kind of just like threw the whole debut I was like I kind of felt like I was just playing a local footy game because there was literally no one there in many ways it worked out better because I wasn't nervous like and like you never see the cameras that are filming you just kind of felt like I was just playing like a practice match so I kind of like took away from the whole debut experience but like nonetheless like it was so rewarding to finally get a game and like pull on the jumper. I think not playing made me and still makes me so much more grateful every time I get a game and to not take it for granted. Um, And just like, yeah, the next season, obviously I got to play in round one. It was like proper crowds and playing at Winnen Oval, like there's no better feeling. The atmosphere is like insane and it's always just such an awesome vibe there. And I just love, yeah, I love that that's our home ground. I'm not lying. I've actually got shivers hearing you mention a packed Witten Oval because I've been to a couple of those games over the years. And notably the Pride match is one that is close to a lot of people's hearts. And watching you guys run out and play in the Pride game in front of just so many people at Witten Oval on like, it was, I remember probably last season, it was just the crispest, sunniest mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And it was just 
gorgeous as an outsider, as a admittedly a Carlton supporter. Uh, so I've got a, you know, I've got a, yeah, yeah, but it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. G- genuinely, the spectacle of it being at Witten Oval in particular, that set up there and the renovations, it's got to be the envy of just about every other AFLW club. I think so. I say this every week. We've got the best home ground. We always bring in the best crowds just because it's such a community vibe down at Footscray. And like, I just wouldn't have it any other way, like being part of the Bulldogs. And that just makes it so much more special and like more like a family kind of vibe. And like insane, like it does suck playing in summer sometimes, but when I compare the nights like playing on like a warm, like balmy night, summer's night compared to like a cold winter's rainy day, I'm like, I'd much prefer the heat. Like it's so lovely. And like playing in that euphoric like sunlight at like eight o'clock when it's it's so special. You just like look around and like this is beautiful. Being in that pride match with everyone in the the special made to, you know, made for occasion jumpers the sun pelting down it's just it was one of the most beautiful football experiences i've ever had because there is a palpable vibe change Mm. from going to an afl game to going to an aflw game and the pride match is like aflw at its absolute best yeah as an outsider yeah yeah definitely i know i think like i always say that the contrast between a men's game and a woman's game like so many of my friends say like oh i don't want to go to the footy i'm like come to the women's game because it still has that like awesome community vibe whereas like the men's is it's just so commercial now and it's like a lot of drinking and yuppie people whereas like you don't get the women's is just like an open space for everyone to be themselves and and particularly pride round it's so special I think we're one of the or if not the only sporting competition in the world to host a pride round and particularly when you compare that to AFLM like but there's not a statistically one openly gay male which is a very sad stat, but the women's just creates a safe space for everyone to be themselves and like set an example for younger kids looking up to that they can also be themselves and that there is a space and a place for them. I think it's the most beautiful thing and that's one of the greatest parts of AFLW, just how open and inclusive it is. It's like anyone can be themselves and the young girls come in and they just kind of realise that they can be whatever and whoever they want to be. I think it's so special. It's such a feather in the cap of the AFLW. It is palpable and very clear even to the outsider that that's the case mm. i can only imagine what it's like to be inside the four walls at an aflw club it's you can just tell the social media content the content on uh, individual players instagrams the vibe just seems like everybody is having the best time yeah so i think that's like often a lot of the men who come across to our programs that that's what they always say it's just like such a shock and i think because um, as women athletes, we obviously work other jobs and everyone is genuinely there for like the love and the joy of footy and no one like misses a minute. They're just, when they're there, it's like their outlet and they're so happy to be there. And I think like it never gets missed. Whereas like, so everyone is just always so happy. And that's like a lot of people who transfer across to the women's program. They're just like in awe and they're like, wow, it's so beautiful. Like oh, it's happened with like Bob Murphy. Now you have like Josh Bruce has come across and similar things. Like a lot of the men who come across say that I think it's a really awesome and credit to the competition that we have tell me a little bit more i would just want to hark back on the western bulldogs football club as an organization tell me a little bit more about playing for the western bulldogs being located in footscray being located out of the traditional heartland and the most one of the most fantastic suburban footy grounds you could possibly imagine how uh how much work do you guys do with the local community do you get much time with fans what's that looking like these days now that we're living with covid um yeah i think like it's also an awkward time for me to come in with that obviously like covid starting 
we did a bit of the stuff with the local community and then COVID hit. So it was kind of all over the place, but they do a lot of work um, with the community foundation out in Footscray, which is like just engaging with the community out there. And I think it does. And just like the, where the ground is located and the accessibility on those like women's games, it kind of just brings in so much of the local community. I think that's been great for the club to kind of get in touch with that side again, obviously, because the men don't play there. Um, but yeah, being part of the Western Bulldogs is great. I'm, I'm like, as a young uh, person, just watching the AFL, kind of always looking at that club and like everyone has a soft spot for them and the characters that they bring out, you know, like Bob Murphy and now we have Debbie Lee in our program and there's just so many greats, Nathan Burke and just like kind of the vibe that is like produced there. It's such a family orientated kind of vibe and I think I wouldn't have it any other way. I love being there. You know, the other person I always think of when I think of the Western Bulldogs and it's like she's kind of always there in her own way. I think of Susan Alberti. Yes, yeah, yeah. She came just as I – she left just as I came, so I kind of missed her. I guess in some ways she's always going to be the matriarch of, of women's football in this country. Um, I just cannot think of AFLW without connecting it to the hard work and the sacrifice of Susan Alberti for, you know, a number of decades. Yeah. Oh, just that, some of those names you rattled off. Bob Murphy. I just love the articles he writes. I miss him so much now he's gone to Frio. It's like it, it, we're all just so sad. Um, but, yeah, it's like other – like Chris Grant. There's so many people who have been a part of the club for so long and I think that says enough about the kind of the environment that they have there. I lived in Yarraville for the very briefest time and everybody gets up for the doggies. It doesn't – my cousin goes for the Ds and we live together and he just loves the doggies, men's, women's. I don't know. There's something about the, the Western Bulldogs that I think – you just, it's infectious. You, you just can't say no to the doggies. Yeah, exactly. If Carlton gets done by the dogs, either AFLW, AFL, it, it almost doesn't bother me. <laughs> I know that sounds like, that's probably not what the Bulldogs want to hear. They're like, we're, we're tough. We're, yeah. We want to be hated as much as the next team, but I don't know if that's necessarily true or will ever be the case. Yeah, I know. I think, yeah, speaking to most people, it's always everyone's like second team or they always have a soft spot. There's something magical at Witten Oval and um, I don't think we're ever going to fully grasp exactly what that is. I think enjoy it while it, while it's um, while you're within the four walls because uh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> You'll never know. No, I never will know. <laughs> I'm curious, uh, you may have sensed a little vibe in here and uh, that's because it's game day for us as well now. Really? So Wednesdays, it's not just your normal midweek day. It's Mondays, yeah, they're all right. Tuesdays, they're okay. It Wednesday rolls around and that's game day for our sport futsal club. There's just something special about when game day rolls around. It doesn't matter, I think, if it's community sport, professional sport. I want you to take me through what game day means to you uh, and playing AFLW. What does it look like? Is there a mentality shift as soon as you roll out of bed that day? What's your kind of game day routine look like or even is there one? Uh, yeah, mostly I obviously our game times chop and change, but the day is pretty much all dedicated to the game. If like particularly if it's at night, kind of wake up and make that the focus point of my day in terms of like not expending much energy or doing like a little bit of movement, but I always have it like in the forefront of my mind. It's almost like you sit there like Oh, the worst part is like when you're not ready, you can't leave just yet because you'll be too early and you just sit there like, oh, I want to go so bad. But yeah, I kind of just like, I often do a bit of like reflecting and like journaling, work out like my goals for the game, what I'm going to try and achieve. And then I just kind of have a really chill day. Sometimes it's good to distract yourself, seeing friends and whatever. I don't particularly have a routine, but I always keep it very low key on game day and 
keep to myself a bit but yeah it's always the best when you get to the ground I just love like starting to get really pumped up and get in that vibe like put your music in and kind of go out on the ground and soak up the atmosphere and then obviously the time just ticks and then by the time the siren's there you're just so pumped and ready because you've been waiting all day to play it's the best feeling and you're surrounded by teammates exactly Tell me a little bit about your pre-game playlist. You mentioned music. I've got to ask what it is. What do you go for? Well, lately, um, pre-game, I've been listening to a lot of like disco, like um, Young Hearts Run Free by Candy Stad and like all sorts of like old school disco bangers. But then I always add in like a few a few newer ones, but I'm I'm not into like that pop stuff, like a lot of Frank Ocean sometimes. But yeah, lately it's been all disco. I love that answer. Do you like a tallow disco at all? Well, I don't know what that is. Italian disco from back in the day. Anthony's smiling and nodding. He's like, they're my people. That's my music. I better listen. Anthony's no stranger to the decks, and I reckon uh, you may have just inspired him to to dip back into the disco collection that I know he loves yeah, so Yeah, over techno. Melbourne music scene right now is far too heavy techno. I'm like, give me some soul, you know? Give me some techno. So that's like all I've been listening. I'm not techno. Give me some soul. And just like disco and funk, I'm like, that's all I need. Something you can kind of cut loose to on yeah. the dance floor. Yeah, exactly. There's far too much pretense on Melbourne dance oh, floors. It's bad, it's bad. Just give me something I can move the body to. Exactly, exactly. It's that makes sense. I think I'd probably dip into something pretty similar if yeah. I were uh living my dream of being an AFL player. Definitely not doing that. Not even close. <laughs> but uh yeah, we gear up in a – well, I gear up in a fairly similar way. I, Regardless of, you know, it being a completely social sport, it's a social endeavor, I find my day does kind of shape itself around a futsal game if it's a Wednesday. I can't stop thinking about it, but I don't have that choice to, to kind of – put the cue in the rack physically i've got a pretty physical job and i've got to somehow get up for futsal it's often a late in the day long black that kind of gets me through yeah yeah that is the case for many of the players and will be me soon once i start my new job so i'm just like enjoying this full athlete life while i can before i transition into the big world tell me a little bit about juggling footy with a day job i guess being a yeah being you know not a not a full-time athlete yet Watch this space, AFLW fans. Hopefully. Um, But tell me about juggling being a nurse and footy. Yeah, it's like obviously super difficult and pretty much all the players do it in the competition besides there's a few of the younger girls and like here and there some of the older women. But, yeah, it's obviously so difficult. Um, Obviously like coming off going – working all day, then going to training, then going back to work training. Work you end up kind of working like – and almost a 20-hour day by the time you get home after training because um, you work, or for, let's say for nursing, 7 to 3, go to footy from 4 till 10, go home, and then you work again. It's like a ridiculous um, balance. And I think, it, yeah, it's obviously something that's so difficult and hopefully something that changes really soon because it isn't um, sustainable at all. And that's like our whole argument right now. Our competition is not sustainable because like even me already, I'm starting my new job in the coming months and like I'm already just like I don't even know how I'm going to juggle that and let alone working playing footy but like to also have a social life and kind of pursue other endeavors it gets like all over the place messy um so yeah it's very difficult being a part-time athlete and not something that is all that fun really yeah I can imagine that finding energy out of nowhere is a very challenging thing to do particularly when you consider that you know, the the physical rigors associated with being a professional athlete, you are a professional athlete on a kind of part-time basis. It, those two things don't really go in together, I don't think, because you've still got the same physical requirements yeah, in terms of fitness, 
output matches as a male player. Yeah, and yeah, at work all day. I think that's like a big thing that um, always like frustrates us is like people are so easy to criticize on our skills and and like the amount of injuries that happen. But then when you kind of put into perspective that people are working all day and then coming to training tired, it's like a lot harder to get out your full potential and kind of like grow your skills, let alone like your muscles and fitness when you're never feeling like a lot of the older women like coming really tired, they're never feeling like 100% up for training. So it's like people are so easy to criticize, but I'd like to see like the AFLM players work a full day, five days a week and come to training for six. Particularly in a job like nursing where you're on your yeah. feet all day and doing like rounds. lifting people and all that, yeah. I, can, I genuinely can't even imagine it. My girlfriend's a nurse and she's doing a four-week placement at the moment and she's not playing AFLW mm. on the side and it's exhausting as that is. Exactly, yeah. It's very hard. Now, I want to talk about another facet of your life. It's not like you're you know, juggling enough things. You've decided to to go in with your, your friend Jordan and you've decided to, to start an, a, a clothing label and a creative label. Take me through validation and what that kind of means to you. Yeah, I think like a few years ago coming out of high school, I always knew I'd always done a lot of sewing um, during high school and did fashion in, in year 12 and I kind of decided then that I wanted to have a clothing brand but wasn't sure like what direction I wanted to take it with and I just kind of sat on it for a while and then I just – like started hearing the word validation and thought it's like so ironic that everyone is like constantly seeking validation in their day-to-day lives but it's often like the downfall to many people and like in order to like be your full self you can't be seeking validation of others you kind of need to validate yourself first and that was like the premise of the brand name and it just like has such a good ring and you can use like the v and the a as a double and like it just comes off so nicely and it's like an even word in terms of lettering so everything about it just like works so well and then um was lucky enough to have my friend Jordan who's like a really awesome designer and artist and kind of just to collaborate in that space and been working on it ever since then and slowly growing and creating more and more um products really it speaks for itself i looked up the the site and i wanted to buy an xl an extra large in just about every design that you offer what kind of a can you describe the label for me? What kind of clothes are we talking here? Um, yeah, we're trying to kind of target a bit of like streetwear, um, but add like a new twist onto it. I think like we kind of like with the designs that we have and like with Jordan's um talent, we're able to um put a new twist on on designs that other clothing brands haven't done in terms of like detailing and like coloring and also like um creatively like, in terms of like incorporating our um name into certain like whether it be animals, objects, or just kind of like um, express our art through that. And I guess we're always like our main premise when we're designing anything is like we just like what we think looks cool and that we haven't seen done before. It's kind of like we're creating the clothes that we've always wanted. Um, But, yeah, I think like overall it's like a bit of a streetwear kind of brand. How's the experience been like so far in terms of building the business and in terms of uh, coming up with designs? How do you know when you want to put something new out? Is it when you come up with something or is it kind of a little bit more uh, strategic? Um, Yeah, obviously like just been learning along the way so much and obviously starting your own business, like there's so much to learn and every every day and every time we make a new design, we're learning things from the previous one. Um, We kind of, we have like so many designs, like folders and folders that we end up just sitting on. But 
we kind of end up going with designs that we kind of think are like a gap in the market at that moment kind of thing, like something that we're not seeing, whether it be like coming into summer, like colors that we've always wanted to see on our clothes. Like um, obviously the most recent ones with like baby blue and like a bright kind of color for summer. Um, And then like in the winter, you might go with like more of a long sleeve. We kind of just like tailor it to the season. And then, um, yeah, what we think is like what we're kind of feeling at that moment, we often try and incorporate like um, Jordan particularly is like a massive um, environmentalist, kind of loves his birds and animals and he kind of incorporate that into our designs as well. And then, But then also tackle from a streetwear so we kind of come at it from a bit of a 360 angle which makes them all pretty interesting, we think. It's a tough question to answer but where do you see the label going? Like where do you want to take it in the future? Yeah, we're looking at um, kind of um, branching out a bit more from clothes and making it a bit more of a collective. Like we'd love to collaborate with other local artists and and just get more representation um, in our brand. So I think that's kind of um, in the future, make it more of a collective and sell a broad variety of things, whether it be like jewelry or art or all that sort of thing. But yeah, just kind of um, target a bit more of the Melbourne scene and have more representation than just me and Jordan. I think I can see big things for validation. I uh, I know that when there's a little bit more stock, I can see myself wearing a lot of it. Yeah, hopefully. I think we've got big things coming. I'd love to get a studio space and do our own printing and all that stuff too. Watch this space. Yeah. Now, you, you briefly touched on your business partner, Jordan's environmental interests. Uh, but I'd love to talk a little bit about AFL players for climate action. We've got a little bit of a, a common thread on that front. Our friend Jasper Pittard, who has obviously played a significant number of AFL games with Port Adelaide and North Melbourne. He and Tom Campbell, who's currently at St Kilda but has played at, at North. Um, Bulldogs, and he played at the Bulldogs as well. Yeah. Uh, they've sort of teamed up with uh, Emma Pocock and a number of other players to put together this social organization that i guess yeah what are we looking to achieve with that and they're trying to get people as many people involved as possible um how do you see your involvement with afl players for climate action yeah i think it's so great that they created um this like organization if you want to put it but um i just think obviously climate change is like a massive issue that we're facing um globally and it's like an emergency and um the AFL being um one of if not the biggest industry within Australia they have such a powerful pull um on society and I think like we're failing to see action taken by the government um so to create an organization that represents the AFL players it just like sets such a tone for our nation to kind of um set an example and kind of bring other people along for the journey and for me I've always like been so passionate about climate but I think on a personal level it's so hard to feel like you're achieving anything and and then it's really easy to let it slip like oh what would me doing this do it doesn't matter like we're already screwed so I think to be given the platform and the opportunity um within the AFL space to be part of um, that is so special and like actually feel like you can help make a change and I think this would be massive and I just think it's so important what they're doing and some of the projects that we're running like they might seem like such a small thing but considering um, how many people there are within the AFLM and AFLW spaces like and um, the clubs and like how much the pollution they create alone I think like it's such an um, uh, awesome space and the things that we'll be able to do particularly when we're engaging with like the nation will be massive. I guess the organization's in kind of its very early stages, so it's a lot of its efforts have been targeted on garnering interest and, and getting that group of AFL and AFLW players together. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you hope to see it get to in terms of – it sounds to me like you're pretty pretty keen on getting some fairly 
tangible efforts under your belt and to, to show that you're taking real action. How do you, what sort of ideas are you bringing to the table on that front? Or are you more just happy to be along for the ride because it's it's good that the organization exists at all? Um, Yeah, originally I was kind of um, just keen to like learn about where they wanted to take the organization. But on a personal level, like um, within the Western Bulldog space, since getting there, I'd kind of um, been trying to make small changes within the club to make us more environmentally friendly. But it's really hard as a sole individual to do that. So once I could band together with the climate group, um, it's just eight, you're able to work with more people across all different clubs, like whether it be like at my club, we introduced um, just small things like instead of getting takeaway dinners in the plastic containers, we bring our own and just things like that. Um, and the climate group, like working towards like getting more recycling, um, just kind of uh, personally working to reduce the emissions and waste at Western Bulldogs. And then, but on a broader level, like running such good um, projects, like offsetting our flights and our driving to training and things like that. Um, but also just like, um, it's such an easy, small thing, but just like creating that um, viewing space for the um, people who follow the AFL to watch and kind of, uh, whether that be a wake-up call for them because obviously our government isn't putting out anything about climate change. So for me, that's almost the biggest thing, like um, creating that for the nation to look up at and be like, actually, we do have an issue because so many people follow the AFLM and AFLW players and idolise them and to see such big names support such a big issue, like that will have like undoubtedly a massive change and shift on our society. It's massive. How many players at the Bulldogs are involved that you know of at the moment? Um, I think there was probably like 15 or 20 men that signed up and then the women, um, it's obviously harder cause they're like more part time, mm. but like everyone once like Jasper comes out and talk, um, talks to us, everyone's like, whoa, okay, I want to be a part of that. So it's just like an ever growing thing. Um, and I think like there's still really good projects, um, going with it, despite how many people are joining. It's like still such early days. It's such an um, exciting thing to be a part of. And it's so great to gain education and learn off others in that space too. I'd really hope that uh, it gets to the stage where it'd be weird for you not to be part of AFL Players for Climate Action as opposed to it being the exception. I guess that's the nature of it being in uh, an organisation in its early stages and just trying to get people along for the ride at this stage is, I guess, a big part of what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. And but- just like on that too, particularly within the women's space, I think it's so important um, because like we play in the summer and it's not even like less than 10 years before we won't even be able to play in the summer because of the heat waves that will be coming and already like training and some of those heat waves and like we saw the bushfires like affecting our season a lot in terms of like not being able to train because of the air quality just things like that, it's going to like affect our season so much. So to have um, the AFL Climate Group come in, I think it's a, at a really pivotal time and it's just necessary for our competition. You actually just made me think of a, a question regarding playing in hot conditions. Compare the scheduling and timing of the AFLW season and playing in you know 30 plus degree heat to what your experience was like playing uh, footy at lower levels, probably in winter, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember we'd always be playing on Sundays throughout the whole of winter. It'd be so cold and wet. Um, and that's similar like when you play NAB League, like you often you play through winter as well. You might do a bit of preseason like the men do in the summer. But, yeah, moving into that and having our hardest bit of preseason is like all in that um, initial bit of summer and then we're pretty much – we're always playing in the heat. Like there's very rarely a training where it's cold and if that is, it's like 20 degrees. Was that um, a bit of a rude shock? Yeah, I think definitely like particularly – um, it was really hard to adjust to coming to training and not 
been really exhausted from the heat all day because we come into the club at like four and you kind of sit around all day. I think it was like a massive learning curve. Like when you're trying to like be young and like do what your friends do, like go to the beach, but it's a training day. And then you get to train and you're just like, I can't train right now. Cook. Yeah. So it was like a massive adjustment trying to work out how to spend my days on a training day in the summer. And still it's something I struggle with because I'm like, I want to go outside, but I'm like, I can't really because I'm going to be out in the peak heat later. So it's massive. It's really hard to juggle. On those training days and game days in the summer, what are the types of things you're doing to fill your time? Are you, are you doing work with validation? Are you just watching Netflix? Like how, what does it actually look like for you? Yeah, I think that was like what I struggled with most was like trying to feel productive on those days and I still struggle with it. Um, but yeah, I try to do a bit of stuff for validation, do some sewing or like just like go get a coffee with a friend or – but yeah, it's definitely still something I struggle with now, like spending those days. Um, but I have definitely got better at it but it's always like pretty chill activities like reading a book yeah validation sewing more art um creative outlets on those days i guess moving from a from a junior and a a lower level footy space to the aflw program i guess part of having to consider what you do on the same days you train and play is part of that professionalization process in terms of that transition from junior and lower levels of footy to aflw was that transition hard yeah, I found it really difficult, um, particularly as I came in really naive and didn't realize um, how professional the environment was. And I think that's also a juggle that comes with being part-time because you're not at the club like for all day. You don't really realize that it's, it's, it is your job. Um, and, I, yeah, that was definitely something I struggled with first coming in and probably one of the reasons why I didn't play in my first season was like my um, misjudgment of like the environment that I was in and the space. Um but it just took like me reflecting and maturing to kind of realize like the space that I was in because like realistically it's the same as the men's program. We're just there at different hours and we end up being there almost the same time and doing the same amount of training. Um, so I think it just took me to realize that and just kind of utilize the resources that are around me because at the end of the day you have someone at the club for every need that you have and just kind of using that and also just I think it was a massive shock for me to realize like um watching the older more mature players play particularly like Ellie Blackburn Brooke Lachlan like you watch them and you realize like they are so good but that's because they live the complete athlete life they put everything into it and at training like they're always doing everything they can to be better and I kind of had to realize that that if I want to be good I have to be really professional and get out everything from this environment they're the sort of things you learn at a young age you're still only 20 years old you know you've got plenty of time to to get to that Ellie Blackburn level she's a special athlete tough as nails bounces off opponents and somehow also just has delightful skills yeah she's incredible you've got time I believe in you and um it sounds like you believe in yourself which is also a, a great thing where do you see or do you have any goals that you set? You don't need to tell me what the goals are, but what kind of trajectory would you like to see next in your footy career? Um, Yeah, I kind of just like take my footy um, year by year, mostly like last season my whole goal was to prove everyone wrong. Like obviously coming off not being selected the first year, I was like, stuff this, like I need to make my, um, mark my space in this team and then still like struggled with it. So I think like this year, again, that's like another goal for me to kind of like solidify a spot in the team. It's like obviously really difficult coming into that professional environment, like coming off being the best player in your juniors for like your whole time to come in and be like one of the worst. It's like a rude slap in the face. Um, and, to, you know, have to kind of remove your ego from that situation a lot. So I think for me, yeah, just trying to – um 
I'm still, I think I'm kind of at a place now where I've like marked my worth within that club. And yeah, for me, I'm always just like, I have this belief that I am good enough and I just want to prove to like the footy world. I'd love to become like, I think like it's a massive respect for anyone in a key position to become like a great, that is like crazy. You kind of don't realize it till you play like forward and realize how hard it is. So I think like, yeah, just, I don't even know. Even if I was just playing every game, that's enough for me because it's like a massive achievement. Is there anyone around the comp that you model yourself on in terms of your players? I watched you play several times. You play a pretty physical brand. It like kind of looks like you've got a chip on your shoulder, which is kind of, we love as an outsider. I love that as a footy fan. Who do you model yourself on around the around the comp, not necessarily from the Bulldogs? I'm actually – I've always struggled with this. I mean, when I got drafted, I'd always get asked this. I was like, I've got no idea. Um, I think like even the um, people within my team, I'd kind of try take parts of their game and like put into my own, like obviously working closely with Bonnie Toogood in the forward line. Like she sets like a really good example for me and like her um, effort and work rate, I want to try like model some of that in my game. And then like the – Izzy Huntington obviously doing her ACL, but like her marking ability was like incredible. Um, and obviously I was like trying to work with her and like understand how she literally like she would take a fly and come down with the ball every time. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I think I just like try to take parts of um different people's games in in many ways that I like when I look up to them and add that to mine. But there's no particular player that I'm like. Yeah, but I think maybe in the future, someone I think Bree Davy um for Collingwood her like contest work and she was never she didn't used to be a midfielder but she, as she's got older she's like worked into it and I think the way she goes about her game is like really impressive and incredible. What a jet! Yeah, incredible, and what a great person too. You saw this actually links into what you were saying about Izzy Huntington's ACL. The number of ACLs at the moment are shocking. You can you could actually see. In that opening round, when when Bree injured her knee, the impact that that had on teammates and just how flattened they were by that, is that a real tangible feeling? Like when somebody does a pretty serious injury in the footy club, everyone kind of feels it in a way. Yeah, definitely. Like particularly like all the work that you put in, like and you work so closely with each other um, through the whole preseason, and then like particularly in like round one, any round, um, to have a teammate like do an injury like that and particularly like the nature of our competition and how much it happens every time, like whether they're on your team or not, like everyone just feels it so much. And like particularly like um in the AFLW space, like everyone is kind of friends across the teams. There's no big rivalries, which is really great. But um yeah, every player that, that happens to like everyone's heart just goes out for them and it's just so disappointing. And like um it's, it is an area that we always are trying to prevent um, but yeah, they just like keep on happening. I think it comes down to obviously the women's body shape, but not only that, like our lack of training, um, time and like, obviously um, when the AFLM were up in the hubs and playing, didn't have as much preseason. We saw like more ACLs and more soft tissue injuries, which is what we have in the women's. And that is why, because we're not training as much and we don't have that, um, experience in that space. But yeah, it just really, um, the team really feels it. And then I guess we've got to transition to getting around those people and showing our support. And it's also a matter for the administrations. They've actually got to listen to the feed on the ground stories yeah. and take your feedback on board and hopefully change a few things because the number of serious injuries, be it because of super hard surfaces in summer that have just been baked by the sun, be it the fact that uh, you guys aren't paid enough to be full-time athletes when really you are yeah, exactly. full-time athletes. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts that have to change. Yeah. And one of those things that I think we'll just naturally take care of is that 
horrible rate of serious soft tissue and, and ACL injuries. Definitely. We would hope so. Got to uh, Gil McLaughlin, if you are listening, open your ears. Listen to Nell. Listen to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon there's a chance. I reckon we might get Big Gil on, involved. I reckon there's a chance that he could Hopefully. he could be listening to this. Hopefully. We've got a few a few ideas for you, Gil. So if you, if you did uh, want to get in touch with Nell, uh, I reckon she'd be up for it. Definitely, yeah. Contact me. Now, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much for joining our conversations and for giving us a bit of your time. It's been insightful and I can't wait to see where your career goes. Thanks so much for having me. Stay up to date with everything our conversations via our social media platforms at rsport double underscore on the gram or via the website www.r-sportswear.com.